Previously on Hound Radio's Arch Campbell podcast. I just think people are jerks for the most part. And I think everyone, look, I think actually the normalization of streaming has been very bad because I think everybody treats everywhere like their home now. And so I just think like movie theaters are like, this is the same experience as if I were at home. So like, why wouldn't I be on my phone? Um, but yeah, it's not, it's not the best Arch. It's pretty bad out there yeah the arch campbell podcast featuring arch lou katz and a cast of thousands begins now well that was rocky hadadi of vulture and new york magazine talking about bad behavior at the movies or will you please put your damn cell phone away and I'll certainly second that. And, uh, gee, I hope people will act a little better when they pay their 20 bucks or whatever it costs now. Well, anyway, hello, I'm Arch Campbell, and this is the podcast that tries to keep you up with the ever-changing world of entertainment. Lou Katz is directing and producing in the Katz <laughs> podcast system worldwide headquarters and misbehaving as much as humanly possible here in the studio <laughs> perfect perfect and you can keep your cell phone on thanks and it is uh, my great pleasure today to welcome two of this show's favorites first from wtop radio the film and entertainment savant jason fraley yeah. Hey, I'm sorry. Did you say something? I was I was busy checking my phone during the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you missed the UFO landing. And uh, <laughs> taking a break from his punishing hours at an AMC cinema near you, please welcome Cinema Lou Charlotte. Hi, Arch. Hi, Jason. Lou, how are you? How are those frequent watcher miles coming? Uh, Arch, I don't have much time. I hope we get through this quickly. I have a 10 o'clock show I need to catch. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, let's start out. Let's start out with Jason, because it's been a while since I've talked to you. So what are you watching these days? Oh, man. I've been watching a ton of TV, a couple movies, but a ton of TV lately. Um. I'll start with um, what do you like? Have you seen uh, did you watch Full Circle, the Steven Soderbergh thing on Mac? It's a six episode miniseries. Yes. Yeah, it's sort of um, it's sort of uh, I thought it started a little confusing, like episode one was, you know, because it's one of those mosaics, you know, like uh, Soderbergh's masterpiece traffic that he won the Oscar for. Um, it jumps around a lot with the kidnapping plot. So I, I was like, I was like, I didn't know if I wanted to keep watching it or not, but I'm glad I'm actually glad that I stuck with it. Um, because I think, you know, from episode two on, you know, you start learning more about the kidnapped boys, parents, Claire Danes and Timothy Oliphant. Um, and then of course, Jarrell Jerome is leading the kidnappers. Hello? Listen to me. Who is this? We have your son. They're gonna kill that boy. But we're gonna see that. But I thought it started, the mosaic started to tie together a little bit in a couple episodes in, and then I was in, you know, because at first you're like, what what are all these symbolic circles that they have to do the drop point at the circle? But um, in the end, I, I actually by the by the by the final, you know, by the final shot panning from the, you know, that that um, what do you call it, apartment complex or condos yeah, or whatever yeah. to the dilapidated billboard. I actually oh. thought it made kind of an interesting commentary. Yeah, it was a so, nice payoff. What was it, six episodes? 
Six episodes, yeah. But I, I could totally see if people were a little, you know, thrown off after the first one. But I mean, I, kind I, of I, I would recommend like, sticking with it. I felt like it would have made a much better long movie, like a two-hour right. movie. But yep. yeah. There, but I'm I so- watched it and liked it. Full circle. Yeah. Soderbergh. Yeah, exactly. I kind of felt How- the same way. Uh, what you're saying about, you know, does it really need to be six episodes? I feel like there's several shows that that stretch it a little more than it needs to be just because they're trying to fill it. And and full circle, not so much, but there's other one I just finished. I'm writing a review on today. Good Omens season two on Amazon prime. Have anyone, has anyone watched that? Oh, no, no, this is not a good. It's, omen. Um, <laughs> so like I liked my wife and I really liked season one. It was like in 2019. So it was in the before times it was pre pandemic. Um, but uh, it, it was it was like an interesting concept. You had sort of like a a, a fallen angel Michael Sheen um, and a, a fallen a, a demon uh, from from hell. So yeah, Michael Sheen is sort of the the angel representative from heaven on earth, and then David Tennant of Doctor Who is sort of this devious demon Crowley um, from hell. And they meet on Earth and try to stop you know the the end the Antichrist uh, for for Armageddon. I mean, it was actually interesting, but, you know, here we are four years later, post-pandemic, uh, you know, it was a delayed yeah. release. And it's like, where do you where do you go after Armageddon? Like, how do you raise the stakes after the end times? Like, where do you, and to me, they invent this interesting thing where John Hamm shows up as the, the angel Gabriel, and he's like, he shows up at the bookstore and naked and doesn't know who he is or where, like, he has no divine angelic <laughs> memories. <laughs> so it's like an interesting against type for, you know, Mad Men's John Hamm. But um, but I don't know. I guess getting back to my point of you know, it it feels stretched. Like it felt there's like episode three or four there in the middle of this six episode thing. I, I was like, we're doing all these backstories back into biblical times and World War II and all this stuff uh-huh. that really distracts from from the A story. Um, and I I don't know. It almost felt like filler stuff. So I guess that's sort of my theme today is why do they have to be six? Sometimes it could have been better at, you know, four. <laughs> right, right. Cinema Lou, uh, how about you? What are you watching? Oh, Archie, I have like a couple of how-tos. How how to? With, how to with John Wilson on HBO. I don't know if you've seen that. It's no. in, it's, it's in its third season. These half hour, he just takes his video cameras, his home camera, and just walks around New York and gets these absurd pictures and tells an absurd story and this week it was about playing about sports being a sports fan and he starts off going to a Mets game and a a football game and he ends up at a vacuum convention and it's the most (laughs) absurd thing you've ever seen it's so it's so you got every week it kind of veers off in this strange direction and it's it's hilarious I think usually the host of a tv show is uh right in front of the camera and you can see exactly where the uh, voice is coming from, which I guess people like. But in my show, you never really see the host. And that's because I'm actually behind the camera the whole time, uh, filming everything you see. And the other so house- are you saying are you saying that the Mets are sucking like a vacuum or what uh. are you- <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually a step below that if, if that's possible. <laughs> but but um, the other how to is it's what the heck on 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 Netflix, you know how when you put on Netflix, it shows you a uh-huh. a show on top. Well, the show is how to be a cult leader, and it, it's hosted by and executive produced by Peter Dinklage. And you watch this thing; it's like, do we really need to know how to be cult leaders? Cult leaders adopt whatever stance can be effective for them. Mass weddings, drugs, plastic surgery, weapons to fight evil. 
You need people to think that you mean well. You can't have them feel manipulated. It really is. It's schlocky video, uh, you know, schlocky, uh, 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 you know, free footage that they threw in there. It's like a guidebook on how to be a cult. It's the weirdest thing. I think you just need to watch cable news and politics these days to learn how to be cult leaders. You know what I mean? (laughs) This is even worse than that, believe it or not. Lou, are, so uh, have you launched a Lou Charlotte? Have you launched a cult yet? Now that you know no, the, the rules, no, I re- re- no it's uh, <laughs> the you cult of watch Cinema Lou, and... yeah, we'll the, the cult of AMC, the, AMC. The, the cult. <laughs> yeah. We go to movie. We go to. We're movies. having our That's meetings our at AMC. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me ask both of you. Um, Blue Beetle uh, has finally dethroned Barbie. And uh, clearly, the story of the movies this summer is Oppenheimer and Barbie. And, uh, you know, I first I read Blue Beetle, oh, it's the number one movie. And then the second thing I read was Blue Beetle. Uh, it had a disappointing opening. And uh, basically, uh, is the movie season over for the summer? Well, I saw, did you see Blue Beetle, by the way? No. You guys, have you seen it? No. no. Okay, let me, let me, let me save I you time and money. Don't. <laughs> what do you think the government is going to do when they figure out that some kid has this military tech? We are going to change the world with the power of the scarab. It belongs to me. I'm tired of uh-huh. superhero uh-huh. movies, yeah. um, but I'm I'm open to a good one. This is not a good one, Come on, guys. <laughs> it was terrible. I don't. I, I, oh, Lou, Lou, you're 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 sort of preaching to the choir. I think in in this, <laughs> we, we're sort of all in agreement on that. Um, I honestly, I, I, and I'm sure this will this will come at the scorn of our pal Travis Hobson and our uh, superhero, you know, hardcore fanatics. But um, <laughs> when I saw the trailer for Blue Beetle, my wife and I kind of laughed, and we thought it was like a joke, like a Spider-Man spoof or something. But that just shows my, and this is where Travis will will ding me, is that shows my, you know, ignorance. Apparently, Blue Beetle was a comic before spider-man many long ago right but yeah, i just like to, to echo to echo cinema lou um it i think there's such a superhero fatigue that that would lead me to something how many spider-mans and or ant-mans or insect-based <laughs> superheroes can i deal with and what's kind of getting lost in it too is i believe this is the first uh latino led uh superhero movie so you mm-hmm. think that that could be a really energizing thing at the box office similar to black panther but I guess I guess the point I'm trying to make is I I feel like the franchise has waited too long to have these historic groundbreaking. Thankfully, we got Black Panther what five years ago now. But you know what I mean? It, it you almost waited too long. You had to wait for the superhero bubble to burst to get our first Latino-led hero. By the time that a lot of the audience has sort of gotten fatigued, it's it almost does it a a disservice. Or it waited so long to give us you know a Captain Marvel female-led one, and instead of you know um you know, Black Widow earlier or something. So yeah, I don't know. I I think it almost does it a disservice that that Blue Beetle had to in this historic Latino superhero came so late in the game after we've already sort of started to get fatigued. I just feel like I didn't see it, but I've already seen it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. There's a kid, and this beetle spits on him. And he turns into a beetle, and then there's a villain, and he goes after the villain, and then the villain almost defeats him, and then he defeats the villain. And there's a lot of CGI at the end of it. In yeah, a big fight. And, and, and Jason, to what you said, no, nothing wrong with trying to be different, but how about also trying to be good? That wouldn't be bad either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so 
Is that, that it for the movie season? Are are we just left to talk about Barbie and uh, and Oppenheimer? No, I was I was just gonna say that I think Blue Beetle beat it, it it finally beat Barbie, but I don't think you know I think that that's more of the fact that Barbie's been out you know a month or so two now. Yeah. So I think Barbie will. My summer box you know box office you know watch is just seeing if Barbie watching and hoping Barbie you know finally overtakes mario for the top spot you know domestically and globally i think that would be really cool if it finally you know gets that crown because it was to me i mean i i saw barbie and and enjoyed the hell out of it um Mm -hmm. i just thought i I guess i haven't talked about it on the show with you all yet but um i just thought that greta gerwig threaded like an almost impossible needle on that movie you know what i mean like there were so many potential landmines with that toy brand that she was able to turn it into something original with that social commentary where you had the Barbie land matriarchy versus the real world patriarchy, Ken being inspired by the real world patriarchy, trying to turn Barbie land. And then it was just an incredible feat. And that, that monologue with America Ferrero was yeah, just one of yeah. the best ever of, you know, you, you have to be this, but you can't be to this, but you got to be this, but always be grateful. Um, my my wife actually grabbed uh, uh, her her recording equipment and turned it into a song. She thought it could be kind of a, a fun, turn the monologue into a song. Always stand out, always be grateful, but never forget that the system is rigged. So find a way to acknowledge that, but also always be grateful. You have to never get old, never be rude, never show off, and never be selfish. Never fall down, never fail, never show fear, and never get out of I just thought it was fun dressing pink date night like it's the movie of the summer to me i have um something that may surprise the two of you and maybe a heresy since we're getting heretical on this thing anyway uh i went back to see oppenheimer in imax so i saw it a second time and and i loved watching it again and I, i loved the excitement of going to an imax theater but uh, what I'm going to say is uh, you don't have to see Oppenheimer in IMAX to enjoy it. In fact, I don't think it's really an IMAX movie in the vein of, uh, of other things that have, uh, have been uh, for IMAX. And I hear that uh, uh, Christopher Nolan filmed it that way so that the, uh, the film would be crisp and uh, and stay that way uh, for as long as film can stay that way. So that's uh, that's my heresy, I guess. You don't have to see it in IMAX. In fact, I enjoyed it as much uh, at a regular theater as uh, at the IMAX theater. Now, well, other other <laughs> than you saying that, <laughs> well, no, Arch, I was going to ask, other than, the, you know, the different aspect ratio, bigger screen, all that stuff, other than that, that you say it doesn't, doesn't really affect it for you, was it, did you pick up more things, you know, story-wise or directing-wise that seeing it a second time compared to the first yes, one? Yes. So I know you, yes. did, you did some prep, you did some documentary prepping before the first one even. A lot of So prep, did you pick up yeah. more after seeing it twice? Actually, I did, yes. And I appreciated the, uh, the way that they played off uh, Lewis Straws with Oppenheimer uh, even more. So I, I would say that 
seeing Oppenheimer a second time, I appreciated the last third of the movie more than I did the first time I saw it. So there you are. I, I, I of the two, I'm a big Oppenheimer fan because I love the dialogue and I love the deep historic story and, and the fact that, uh, his life uh, was uh, battled with itself. Uh, Arch, I saw it. So I saw it twice, once uh, in IMAX and once not in IMAX. Yeah. And I, I I, agree with you. I didn't, you know, I, it, there was no earth shattering revelation uh, between the two. Where, where did you see it in IMAX, by the way? Uh, I saw it in New York, actually. Ah, wow. I went to the wow. Udvar Hazi uh, uh, out at Dulles Airport, and that was really exciting. That's an exciting place, and that that is really uh, that's a theater adventure. You know, you get in the crowd and you go down there and you're hustling in there to get a seat and try to save your neck. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's okay. funny you said that. His previous movie, Dun- Nolan's previous, a couple years ago, Dunkirk. I actually. Yeah we're talking about seeing it multiple times. I went back and watched that three times because I remember my initial hit on it was, you know, wow, technical masterpiece, but like yeah. the story emotionally, I felt like I, a little, you know, cold distance to like some of Nolan's movies do. Um, but then after seeing it multiple times and you see how the three, you know, different storylines, what was it like uh, in the air on the sea and on the land and different time, you know, jumping around, mm-hmm. like you appreciate it more. His movies have always been sort of like, you know, time-based puzzles in, in in a way. And I, I think that that's sort of what he's tackling with Oppenheimer too. But I just think that Oppenheimer is, man, the the fact that, that it's like a top five grocer, I think still top four or something oh, yeah, worldwide. It's, it's right um, up along, there. It's big. Like the fact that Barbie and Oppenheimer together are, are, are both top five grocers and, and could finish top three or whatever. Like that is just a monumental achievement that, that, that we had that, that one, two punch this summer. Like and the thank, same thank week God for those movies. But, but, yeah. Jason, same yeah. Week. Bar- same but, weekend. Yeah. But Barbie Jason, time. have you, have you seen Barbie four times? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I heard, I heard you did. So let's ask Lou, are I there did. more rev- just like Christopher Nolan's yeah. Oppenheimer? Are there more revelations <laughs> on multiple Barbie? Videos? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Why did yeah, you pick so up the what- fourth time that you didn't get the first time? Um, little, little things, you know, there are a couple of mistakes in there that I probably would have done differently, but what do I know? I'm not going to complain. Who am I to say? Oh, you, you're oh. Cinema Lou. That's, <laughs> That's right. The numbers what, would what certainly, you, what did you see? Without, without my, my money that that movie might not make it into the top 10. <laughs> right. It's what? all you. Well, do, do, is, uh, so is four, so is four times Kenuff? For you, or are you going to go for five? <laughs> no, I think I think I'm done, at least for now. What What were the mistakes you saw that you would? Well, have look, and I don't know if they're mistakes, but at the well, if this is kind of in the weeds, but you know, at the at the end when Barbie takes over her house again, yeah, um, I, I, it still says Ken on the door. It should say Barbie. Little things like that. Okay. I'd have to look well. at it again to, to see the the little see, the, see there, the nuance. You, you'll be on Nit, four soon too. Nitpicks. <laughs> Our friend Jim yeah. says that Greta Gerwig, and by the way, I would say that Greta Gerwig is now um, uh, on a on a par with Christopher Nolan, and probably beyond him. She is probably the Hollywood filmmaker now. Anyway, uh, Jen Chaney says that the Greta Gerwig trilogy will be Lady Bird, Little Women, and Barbie. So, 
So I have to ask this. I, I, initially, I saw the movie did so well, there'll be a sequel. Then I saw there w won't be a sequel. What? Why possibly won't there be a sequel to one of the highest grossing movies? I think the answer is wrapped into the conversation of, you know, us worried that Hollywood's going to learn all the wrong lessons from Barbie. And, you know, you've heard that they're, they're green lighting all these Mattel, other other Mattel toys to make mm, right. movies. Like I'm worried they're going to learn the wrong lessons. The, the reason Barbie did so well is because it was a visionary filmmaker. Um, well, Noah Baumbach writing the script as well, but Greta Gerwig mostly her vision is with an eye, the directing eye, um, making an original take on Barbie, not the fact that it was Barbie itself. In fact, the Barbie brand was so filled with landmines, like I mentioned. So, like. I think the reason the reason that Gerwig doesn't want to do a sequel is in keeping with the idea of why it was a unique vision. If if they go the sequel route, it becomes it's like Spielberg not wanting to come back for Jaws too. I just I don't know. I I feel like she probably would rather rather move on and 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 apply that unique fresh idea to a new concept. Um, does, does that make sense? It yeah. does, but that never stopped the studios before. No. Well, <laughs> yeah. what's stopping? Oh, there might there might be one. There might be one. I just don't know if she'll be making. Oh, I see. You know. So speaking of of well, speaking of sequels, may I bring up one that recently came out that I think is was just horrible in the Meg Two. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> um, so I saw the preview. I saw Meg One. So I saw the preview. <laughs> Meg One was okay. Yeah. I saw the preview and it yeah. looked like a Jaws type movie. Uh -huh. These these huge uh, I don't know if you want to call them uh, uh, you know sharks attack everyone. And I go okay, I, I can enjoy that. Except the first two thirds of the three quarters of the movie is this ridiculous you know uh, setup that makes no sense. In fact, the cousin of mine went with his with his family. He said they laughed through the whole movie. It was. <laughs> I don't think that's what the director was hoping for. But, you know, the, the preview did not tell me what the movie was about. And that, that really irks me. Mm, wow. I, I don't know how you guys feel about Bad that. Bad movie trailers. Yeah. Bad movie I, trailers. I haven't seen Meg 2 yet. I remember seeing Meg, the first Meg. Uh, um, and uh, But I will say that, uh, was it last weekend or weekend before, we, we did... Uh, we, we did an outdoor, we have a projector and we did this last on Halloween with Frankenstein. I told Arch about that, um, mm -hmm. and the thing, but this time we did a summer version. We projected it in my sister's backyard. We did, we did Jaws, the original Jaws. Oh, and I gotta tell you, it holds up. There was a couple first time, uh, viewers in the backyard who had never seen it. And after that, you know, USS Indianapolis speech, that great, you know, with Robert Shaw, they turned and said, the, the first time viewers turned and said, that's one of the best monologues i've ever seen um it still it still holds up uh, it still holds up and inspiring the meg and meg too and and all the rest but that one that one still holds up <laughs> also have you i saw uh, Go ahead, did you, speaking of barbie speaking of barbie and toys and all that did any of you see the beanie bubble the movie on apple about yeah. beanie babies oh you know <laughs> I need that time. <laughs> I don't want to give him that time. I hear, was it as bad yeah, exactly. as, as I hear? No, I actually didn't think it was bad. I thought, you know, I was, I'd say more, I don't know, mixed to positive. It, it's not as good as Air. Air is the best of those making of you know, the Air Jordan thing. Absolutely. I thought of this year, yes. the best of those. It's more on the Tetris or or um the flaming hot Cheetos. It's sort of like on that cow, you know, where it's they change certain names of characters and it might not be exactly how it played out or whatever. But I don't know. It's an interesting, you know, entrepreneurial story where Zach Galifianakis is Ty Warner, the slimy entrepreneur that yeah. built him, and then Elizabeth Banks is 
is the love interest slash business partner in the 1980s timeline that he totally screws over. And then Sarah Snook from um, oh, yeah. uh, Succession yeah. is the love interest slash part business partner that he screws over in the 90s timeline. So you're watching this slimy Zach Galifianakis really screw over these two women in the two timelines. But eventually, you know, they get there, you know, they're kind of up and so on. This has always been my company. Company we created together. Why do you have to be so dramatic? I mean, my salary has been reduced 75%. Yeah, I'm just doing what's necessary. You know, running the real actual business over here. Genius is 1% inspiration, 99% presentation. That's not how the saying goes. It, it was okay. It was, it, I actually didn't think it was as bad as, you know, some of the reviews said. But definitely, not, I mean, Air is still the one for me this year of, of those types of movies. Unless you count Barbie, but that's not a making of Barbie. That's more like Mario where they, you know, they're turning it into an actual story within the world. Yeah. You know, one of the movies that really had my attention this year was Asteroid City because I love Wes yeah. Anderson. And so I noticed that it's on Peacock now. And I have I have a Peacock uh, subscription, which I have canceled as of next <laughs> month. <laughs> but I, I hooked into my Peacock thing and I watched Asteroid City. And it really is as bad as everybody says. It's that's, terrible. That's disappointing to hear because, you know, but I'm sure you, you agree, Arch. Well, Wes Anderson has been like hit or miss to me. Like I I love, love, love um uh the Royal Tenenbaums. I thought that was oh, so Royal good. Um and Rushmore. then he, Yeah, and then you know, and then there's other ones I've really enjoyed too, like Rushmore and you know, Grand Budapest, and you know, it's and, and even Grand some Budapest of the, the stop especially. the stop motion stuff too, like Mr. Fox and that kind of stuff was was good too. But yeah, it's it can be hit or miss for me um, with the quirky twee stuff. But but um, but um, I do appreciate the visual world he creates. I love the fact that he's an auteur in a day that we don't get too many of those. And I got to see, by by the way, not to bring it back to, to TV series, but did you all watch the, the After Party season two on Apple, the, the whodunit? There, every episode, the reason I bring it up is every episode is a different genre or style. And one of the episodes oh, is a Wes Anderson style. Wow. So they recreate the, the Wes Anderson. Um, yeah, every episode, it's, you know, there'll be like a Jane Austen period, like a, almost like a Merchant <laughs> Ivory thing, which I know that's that's your bag, Arch. <laughs> and um, yeah, or there'll be like a, some, some of them lost my interest, like Tiffany Haddish backstory of why she quit the police force, sort of like a basic instinct thriller. But depending what genre they pick, it's always interesting. Every If you don't like that episode, wait one more and you'll get a Wes Anderson style or whatever. So it's, it's kind of cool. Tell you what uh, I am watching is Only Murders in the Building. Oh, yeah. Season three. Lou, Lou I, I stepped on you. I'm, uh, well, I was I was going to say I'm not a Wes Anderson fan. I couldn't stand Asteroid City. I've mentioned that before. But Yours was the first pan I heard of Asteroid yes. City. Yes. Well, <laughs> um, as far as Murders in the Building, I watch it and I really like it because of who's in it. The the, mm -hmm. the the script itself is pretty weak, I think. But but I love I love the characters and how could you not like Martin Short and, and Steve Martin and you have Meryl Streep and it's 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 a great cast poor poor um a script in my opinion. You know Martin Short especially, I just love him in that and the fact that the guy only eats dip. <laughs> That's. That's a little a little detail that really gets yeah. my attention. I, and I think this is it. This is their third season. 
Uh, I'm not as uh, as wild about uh, Selena Gomez as I am Martin Short. I think this really was his, or uh, of Steve Martin. Uh, it's it's uh, Martin Short's place to shine. Yeah, I'm all the way caught up on it too. Now I'm you know I'm in season three as like the rest of us. I guess I guess episode four drops what today as we're recording this, so I haven't seen yeah, whatever's left yeah. today. But I'm all the way caught up, and I'm glad that they. I can echo both of what you're saying. Um, I'm glad that they moved season three into a new location, into the theater, and we're getting yeah, and with Meryl Streep and Paul Rudd, like I'm glad that freshens it up a little bit because I really, you know, season one it was a fresh, cool show, you know, only murders in this, you know, Manhattan uh, apartment building, and then season two, while the acting was great, it was almost like how much more mystery can you? pull out yeah. of this building oh all right we have these secret passageways behind and you know uh, oh another person's gonna die in the same building so like i think they mined it that for all it was worth in the first two seasons i don't think they could have totally gone back there in season three although i guess they kind of have had a another sort of demise in the elevator <laughs> but um but i'm glad that they are exploring it into into the theater because it gives martin short you know more to do and like there's archer talking about the the tiny details with his character i love his his posters in the background of his Broadway shows. Like instead of, instead of New York, New York, it's Newark, Newark and you know, the splash and like that, that stuff is, is funny to me, but I do hear saying Lou about the, the story, like the writing is more like, it's more like really funny moments. Like Steve Martin getting to do like dead men don't wear a plague kind of stuff, but it's not like the overall arc of the story is, it feels a little, you know, stretched for me. It's I, I want to ask: Has anybody seen Strays? No. The dog movie? No, I'm yeah. I'm dying to see it. I, lo- I would well, love thanks to see to, it. How is it? Thanks to Mr. Katz. Mr. Katz got me into a screening. <laughs> that arch. I, I don't think you've been able to do for me yet. But anyway, <laughs> my my thought here's what I wrote down about Strays: mm-hmm. It's offensive, nasty, insulting, derogatory, distasteful, shocking, and I loved every second. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was terrific. <laughs> nothing about a bunch of nothing better than dirty dogs. Dirty, huh? oh, very dirty dogs. <laughs> that would be if that were people. That would be like triple uh, X rated. Really, really. really? Yeah. I didn't. So is it like like wow. like like, a t- like Ted, like a raunchy? You know, it seems like it could be for kids until you actually see the trailer. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's, it's it, there's nothing about it for kids. I mean, uh, the F, there's the F word in every sentence. But right. uh, so this I, isn't I like was, the C. The secret lives of pets, or you know, it's not like a kid's thing. It oh, is no. Like... Oh, no. There are no kids. There shouldn't be anyway. No puppies. Do any of them become, do any of them become cult leaders, or is it mixed, that's mixing your two? Actually, I would say they probably, would you agree with me? I think they do become cult leaders. Yeah, in a way. In a way they, in a way they do. Yeah. Was Lou and Lou at this screening? Yeah. It was a double Lou screening. <laughs> we were both there. <laughs> It was a hound. A it was loop. it was an official hound radio screening, one of the rare ones we get. <laughs> and of course, it's it was for the dogs, thus hound radio. So, but the people the people that actually sat through it, I think they sort of got a, a good set of chuckles on it. Hi there, uh, big dogs. I'm trying to get home. I know which way that is. Oh, great! Right up my ass, you little. Oh, no, that can't be right. I'm lost. You're a stray man. You can do anything you want. This beer doesn't taste good, but I like how it's making me feel. Talk about if you need a segue to go into the Hound Radio commercial. I mean, this is probably as good as it can. Unless we want to, the four of us are enjoying having our Ted Lasso, di- we're the Diamond Dogs right now, you know? Like I yield to you. This is really, I yield to you. Let's do <laughs> 
take a break for Hound Radio, which makes this show possible. Let's lift up our leg and give you an idea of, of, of the kind of stuff we play on Hound Radio. <laughs> what is Hound Radio? It's the best breeds of music. Like classic And a whole lot more. Hound Radio. Uh, on a halfway serious note, is anybody watching telemarketers on HBO, the Sunday night show? Lou, what do you think? Um, I, I haven't seen the second episode yet. I hate telemarketers. Um, <laughs> so, so oh, don't anything, we, y'all? Oh, the show? Anything or- that... Anything that helps can help bring them down, I love. Uh, I, I the approach was interesting because it's you know insider footage. I'm wondering where it goes from there, but I enjoyed the first episode very much. It's two guys who worked for this telemarketing company that raised funds for the let's see what was it they were raising for the the fraternal, fraternal order, order of police. Yeah. yeah. And as it turns out, the Fraternal Order of Police basically funds uh, bars where policemen can go and uh, drink at a bar and not be uh, harassed by uh, by the general public. And uh, and the whole thing is a scam, and the money doesn't even get to the Fraternal Order of Police. And uh, and then there's there's some depth to it in the second episode. And it makes a switch. The original stuff by the guys who worked there 10 or 15 years ago is shot, you know, in a shaky home video camera. Then they get a professional camera. So as it goes along, it goes from this shaky stuff to more of the stuff you expect. And I'm thoroughly in. My wife leaves the room. She says, I'm not going to watch this. But uh, I'm in. Jason, have you noticed that uh, telemarketers HBO? I I have not watched it yet, but after your uh, your summary there, I think that sounds interesting. It's actually, Sunday night I, at looks- ten, and then they're streaming it on Max. By the way, of my what what where are we on all the streaming services these days? Jay, Lou, what, what have you got in your house? Well, I have everything. Um, <laughs> are you going to and- keep everything? I think for now I am, you know, my kids use it all. And a couple of them I get for free because if you have a Verizon wireless and the bill is, uh, it pays, you know, you have it automatic payments, Mm -hmm. you get Hulu and Disney and ESPN plus. So I have those for free. Um, I I, I don't know. I mean, right now there are some, I don't watch very often, but I watch them. And so I don't know. For now, I'll keep it. Jason, what yeah, about uh, you? What are you keeping? And I watching? think I have. I think I have pretty much all of them except Paramount Plus is the only one that was, and not that it's were any better or worse. It was just I already had so many. It was inundated. That's sort of the one where, like, if there's something I'm going to review, maybe I'll do a free trial or a month and then and then cancel it again. And but um, I they decent content. I what was it? The offer, the making of the Godfather show was like interesting. So I don't know. Like mm-hmm. I maybe I need to maybe I need to get. Do you ha- do you all have Paramount Plus? 
I do. My son had it, yeah. and he just added me, okay. but I didn't. I don't pay for it. Are we supposed yeah, to reveal that or not? No, no. I was sharing a Netflix account with a dear friend, and I just got kicked off, and Ooh. and it hurts. <laughs> I'm no longer a member of my friend's household. Uh, oh, I hear you got Paramount, kicked out of the house. Paramount might merge with Peacock, and if they do that, then I'll subscribe to both of them. But Peacock, I just I find. I find I'm watching Max and Hulu, and uh, well, I've been getting Apple. a lot of you. We've been getting a lot of use out of Peacock just purely because we, my wife and I have gone back to and we're binging start to finish um, Parks and Rec. I I mm. love that show. Mm. Have you? Did you all ever go back? I think it's right up there with The Office. And so I'd only seen wow. sporadic episodes. And my wife yeah. was like, "Oh my god, you got to watch it start to finish." And the cast in that thing, I'm obviously Amy Poehler, and but Nick Offerman, who was just in The Last of Us, that great episode, yeah. you know, as yeah. Ron Swanson is an all timer. Um, gosh, Aziz Ansari, and it's just it's stacked. Chris Pratt, Aubrey Plaza, Rob oh, Lowe. Aubrey Plaza. Um, there's Love so many. Her. Yeah, it's Adam Scott. Like it, it is absolutely, absolutely stacked. Rashida Jones. Like it just goes uh, on and on and on. Like wow. I, every, I would. It's worth Peacock for a Parks and Rec revisit. Okay. Well, you know, I got Peacock. It's like five bucks because I watch the ads and yeah. not too bad. Okay, we're yeah. running low. It's a minute left. What are you gonna uh, recommend for the week? Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go see Gran Turismo. It's gotten pretty good reviews. The 10 of you are the best Gran Turismo players in the world. Now is your chance to race real cars. I've raced this track a thousand times in the game. That was actually pretty great. We have a newcomer this year. His presence is shaking the foundation of the sport. This is major league. This looks fairly interesting. And so let's keep the summer movie season continuing. Okay, fine. Jason, what do you like? I guess I will recommend uh, I will recommend uh, the two murder mystery comedies, Only Murders in the Building and The After Party, if you want some Very laughs cool. and solve some mysteries. I mean, I don't think either of them are, are great shows, but they, they pass the time. Or if you need a comedy, there's Joyride. Um, I, was, oh. I was told it was just is the best, funniest thing since Bridesmaids, well, and so I think maybe my expectations... I think my expectations were built a little too high, but it still was really funny. You liked it? Lou? I loved it. And I am watching Reservation funny. Dog on Hulu and I highly recommend it particularly the episode about Godin and now dear ladies and gentlemen <laughs> thank you for listening Arch another great podcast in the books we'll be back in a couple of weeks this is the Cats Podcasting System where it's not just a podcast but a podcast <laughs>